Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. We're going to start a new series today entitled 40 Days. Pastor, what in the world are you talking about 40 days? Well, for the 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ was really the most critical period. He had gone to the cross to fulfill prophecy. He had lived a sinless life. He had died on the cross for our sins. Three days later, he was resurrected. And now the hope of the world is hanging in the balance. Are the disciples going to understand what he's done? Are they going to be encouraged? He's handing the ball off to them. He's getting ready to go back to heaven. At, at the end of this 40 days, he's ascending back to heaven. This time is critical. What's going to happen? We're in that time frame right now, in that 40 days following Easter. Well, you might say, well, pastor, what, what does that have to do to impact us? Well, when, when we, what we're going to learn over these next few weeks in this 40-day series is what that represents. As you go through Scripture, 40 is a very significant number. 40 is a season, either 40 days or 40 years, where God does some of His greatest work. I I want us to look at our lives and where we are and what you may be walking through. You may be in a 40-day season and not even know what's going on. What happens in this 40 days? What happened in these 40 days following the resurrection of Christ before He ascended back to heaven? What was going on there? Well, the the number 40 in Scripture is almost always connected with a time of testing or proving. All right? Now, we we usually don't like that word testing, do we? So you say, Pastor, let's talk about happy. Let's talk about testing. Well, let's, let's, let's take a minute and talk about these seasons that every one of us are going to walk through. How many of you want to fulfill the will of God in your life? Let me see your hand. How many want to grow as a Christian? How many want to be everything God calls you to be? Well, you're going to have a 40-day period. Okay? What does that mean? It may not be a day you can mark on a calendar, but this 40 days is significant. Why? It's a time of testing. Think of this word. Here's another synonym biblically for the word testing. Are you with me? Listen. Testing or proving. It's a testing or proving. Why? Because it always precedes advancement and promotion. We all want promotion, amen? We all want advancement, do we not? But we have to understand it's always preceded with an intentional time of testing or proving. Now, here's what we need to understand. You can pass a test or you can what? Fail a test. Uh, What happens if you fail the test? You go take the course again, right? Right? How, how many, don't raise your hand. I don't want to. I don't want to know. I want nobody else to know. But how many of you failed a? I don't want to know. Don't raise your hand. Okay. How many of you failed a class in college? What What happened? Well, you. If it was required in your degree, what did you have to do? You had to retake that test. Not only you have to retake that course, not just the test, the course, and then get the test at the end of the course. And you know what's really adds insult to injury? You had to pay for it twice. Am I right? I mean, you pay tuition for the first time. I don't know why you failed it, but that's required. So you had to go back and take the course again, take the test again, and pay for it twice. I would suggest passing the test first time around. How many would say, good idea, all right? So let's think about this 40 days. I'm laying some groundwork because we're going to build on this. It's going to help us understand 
some of the seasons in our life, right? So, so it's a time of testing or proving. One of the words used even to describe this time is a probationary period. So it's a proving time. There, there's something else coming, but we have to pass this season, all right? So it's, it is a, it's a time where we are being authenticated, testing, uh, you know, if you, if you, let us say, let's say that, that somebody gave you a piece of jewelry or you inherited a piece of jewelry, it was gold or silver. And so you want to know, what is this really worth? What's the value of this? Is it solid gold or is it uh, gold plated or is it not even gold at all? Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? All right. Now, I don't want to get any... Uh, perspective grooms in trouble now but you know there there's some jewelry that looks authentic that stone that 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 supposed to be diamond come on help me out here you understand and 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 you know that's the hardest substance that diamond and, and you you i know you want to impress her let me let, boy i hope i don't create an issue right now but cubic zirconium is not diamond. Come on, how many understand what I'm talking about? And to the untrained eye, it looks the same, right? Now, if you're both okay with it, I'm okay with it. It's not my business, all right? Pastor Tony's in the marriage counseling part of this thing. You know, okay. The love doctor, Pastor Tony, he'll help you get there. <laughs> but, but upon testing... Upon further exam, some things are not always the way they appear in the beginning. So there's some things you can do to see what this is really made of. And is it what it looks like it is? And will it pass the test? Are you tracking with me? And so that's what this 40-day thing is about in Scripture. It's not a punishment. It's not a see how much you can take. It's proving. It's testing. Because God has something bigger and better in store for you. But because he loves you so much, he's not going to slide cubic zirconium under the pressure that only a diamond can withstand because he's not out to crush you. He's out to promote you, use you, uh, uh, use what's in your life. But we've got to make sure. Now, here's the thing where religious people get all mixed up. We, it's been preached wrong. Not that I know more than anyone else, but I'm going to tell you, we've had some kind of phony religious teaching about testing and proving over the years. Because people have a misunderstanding of God and His plan. So this testing and proving... Listen, listen. let me just say it like this. God does not test or prove our faith so that He will know. God tests or proves our faith so that we will know. Understand? God knows. We need to know. So this opportunity of testing... Proving it is not disciplinary. It's not punishment. It's not retaliation. It's not a bored God slapping you around, seeing how much you can take. It's not this thing where God is way off and I'm far away from him and, and somehow I have to prove through my suffering that I love him. Anybody listening to me? No, this is about God making sure we're ready to take the next step. God allowing you to know who you are. God allowing you to understand what's going on in your life. Everybody with me now? 
so, so these 40-day seasons, when we pass them, as we look at Scripture, are typically followed by restoration, renewal, revival, and blessing. And we want to be there. And God wants to use us, and God has plans. It really boils down to this many times. God's plans for us are greater than our own plans. God sees and knows what we don't see and know. And he's readying us, strengthening us. Sometimes you could call this 40-day season, this 40 season, a pruning season. Because there's some things in my life today that don't need to go with me to the next season in my life. Anybody understand what I'm saying? There's some things that are going on that are just going to be baggage. I don't need them. I should have outgrown them. I should have moved past that. You know, if you break your leg and, 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 and you put it in a cast, that cast is not supposed to be your permanent friend. It's just helping you get through recovery. And somewhere you need to cut that thing off and... And run again. But what happens to us in life is that we become dependent upon our crutches. And they were supposed to be temporary. And once your leg is well, quit acting like Festus on Gunsmoke. Come on. How many understand what I'm saying? God's plan for you is not spiritually to do what I'm doing for the rest of your life. I'm here today to tell you, throw the crutches down, cut the cast off, get ready to run into your next season because God has plans for us. But you got to get through the 40 days. 40 days. There were 40 days after the resurrection so that God could ready his church. For the next season. It was a critically important time. People reacted in a, a number of ways. We're, we're, we're gonna, do you realize, have you thought about this? Do you know how long it rained when the flood came with Noah? 40 days. Did you know how long the 12 spies were scouting out the promised land? 40 days. Do you know that Moses went on Mount Sinai to receive the law and the commandments twice for 40 days? Did you know that Goliath came out and taunted the armies of Israel before David showed up for what? 40 days. See, do you realize that when Jonah, the unwilling evangelist, finally arrived in Nineveh, that as he began to proclaim repentance, God gave them 40 days. Anybody think there may be something we need to pay attention to here? And after Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, and then the Holy Spirit came upon him, he was tempted for how long? 40 days. See, there's this season, there's this proving time where God is really transitioning you from where you've been to where you're going. Now, again, let me say this very clearly. I'm not saying you have to mark 40 days on a calendar. How many hear what I'm saying? But it represents... It's a 40-day. It's a, it's a season. Often in Scripture, we're not going to... I just don't have time to take you through all these. Uh, 40 years was the time. How many would rather have 40 days than 40 years? Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. All right. So, so we're learning this. So, so let's look at some of these things. What happened during those 40 days? What, what was taking place? To whom did Christ appear? To whom did he reveal himself? What was the message? What was their reaction? Do we, can we relate to any of this? Well, the, the very first people to see him, come on, give all the ladies a high five. Do it right now. Do it. Come on, get, ladies, give yourself one. Men, give the ladies a high five. Anybody 
that reads the Bible and does not think there's equality in the kingdom with men and women, you haven't read much. The greatest uplifting, empowering, honoring uh, uh, movement on this planet for women is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to say that again. I want to say it loud. I want to say it long. I want to say it clear. There has never been any movement or party or group or entity that has existed in the history of mankind that elevated, freed, promoted, blessed, honored women like the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should give God thanks and honor today for what he's done to honor women. We celebrate that. We thank God for that. Don't let this backwards, bent up, messed up, dysfunctional culture of today make you feel as a woman of God that you are somehow less a woman to have faith in Jesus Christ. You, you have never been elevated and honored in any other. I challenge any sociologist and historian to, to bring me information that would contradict that. So, so as, as Jesus began to reveal himself, as he began to uh, initiate this 40-day time of proving, testing, and transition, uh, first the ladies saw him coming to the tomb. Now, you understand that there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that give us uh, the, an insight, the, the look at the, the earthly life of Christ, primarily his birth, then quite a gap, and then picking up his public ministry for the last three and a half years beginning approximately at the age 30. So these Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called the synoptic Gospels. Their accounts of this are like a summary. They're very close. If you, if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you get, you, you get a summary, a, a cohesive look at the earthly life of Christ. But then you get to the Gospel of John, and about 80% of what you read in John was not included in those other three. So you get a little more of the picture. It's, 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 it's like this. God used these four authors who were eyewitnesses of his, the life of Christ to give us a full account. You have to put all four of them together. Uh, it, you know, it's four accounts about the same story. Have, have you ever... Uh, you know, it's amazing if, if anybody is in the police uh, uh, work here or investigative work... It, it's, it's fascinating to interview people at an accident or a crime scene and, and how everybody had a different point of view of what happened. They were all right there, and this one saw this, and this one saw that. This one didn't see this. This one forgot that. This one remembered this. You understand what I'm saying? So what God did with these four Gospels, he put them together, and cohesively we get a picture. So, so what happened immediately? Uh, if you don't really understand this and work through and see this big picture, you miss something. I would imagine few people in this room right now have ever realized, putting all these four together, do you know there are at least five women that went to the tomb that morning? Most thought there's one or two. There are five. If you look at the whole picture and how it was put together, five that went that day. And so what some people call a contradiction it's just you need to read all the accounts and put them together. So what happened that day? There are at least five women that came to the tomb. Uh, they were probably staying in Bethany is where they typically stayed. It's about two miles away. So they got up before, before daylight and were traveling 
hurriedly going to the tomb. As soon as sun was up, uh, they wanted to complete the embalming. They wanted to see where he was laid. They wanted to check on Jesus. And so at least these five ladies are are rushing to the tomb. And so so when they arrive there, what happens? Well, we we read, I I won't go, Mary Magdalene, what happens? Uh, she, She sees this tomb is empty and immediately she runs to get Peter and John. Well, the other women stay there, all right? So as they're staying there, Mary immediately leaves, and, and the other women stay and enter the empty tomb. As they do, they see two angels there. And the angels tell them that Jesus has risen, and those women immediately, joyfully, fearfully, what do they do? They quickly leave the tomb, running with joy and anticipation uh, to tell the other disciples. So while they're traveling to find the other disciples, Mary is going to find Peter and John. You understand that the disciples are scattered. They've been trying to survive. They haven't gathered yet they, they, since the, the arrest and the, and, and the crucifixion of Jesus. So Mary Magdalene finds Peter and John. They, they start uh, now running back to the tomb. You know what happens? John gets there first. Peter, you know, Peter's the guy. He's the big, you, you understand, Peter's the guy foot in his mouth all the time, saying it first, rushing through. You understand what I'm saying? Peter and John and Mary run to the tomb. John gets to the tomb first and stops. Peter wasn't there first, but he just blows past him right into the tomb. Anybody got a friend like that? You, you understand what I'm saying? That guy, he's either on it or off it. How many understand what I mean? He's making an A or an F. Anybody ever seen somebody serve God like that? He's either loving Jesus one day or thinking, my God, is he backslidden the next day? You know, he, he, he's all in one way or the other. So they, they, they come in, Peter and John, and, and Mary's there. And, and so, so, so they come and, and they see what's happening. So the stories go on. Uh, th- then the ladies are going to, you know, Peter and John leave. They run off. Mary stays behind, has her encounter with Jesus. While the ladies are running to get the other disciples, he appears to them. We get the whole story put together. Pastor, what's the point you're making? What was happening during these 40 days? Why were they so important? Well, we read that the disciples still didn't understand. They didn't go to the tomb that day to see that he was alive. They went to the tomb to just do what they could with this failure they were dealing with. How many are with me? So what happens during this 40 days is that sometimes we walk into it, listen to the season of your life, and you don't understand what's going on. Don't have to raise from the dead. Nobody had gotten it yet. Do you know that sometimes in this season you're walking through, you may walk into it with a lot of questions, but if you'll stay faithful to God, you're about to get some answers for your questions right now. There's some things you don't understand, but if you'll pass the test, you're going to understand them. And so the women come in, and they see this, and they run and get the disciples. The disciples come back, uh, and, and, and all these early reactions are, what are we finding? They're afraid. He keeps telling them peace, and, and don't worry, and it's all right. They have questions. They have concerns. They don't know what's going on. Uh, uh, they, they, they see the tomb, and they leave. And so uh, uh, there, there were two men, we read on this day, walking to Emmaus, and Jesus appears to them, but they didn't recognize him initially. He walked with them and opened the scriptures up to them. They didn't know it was him. Finally, they sit down to eat, and they said, oh, it's Jesus, and then he's gone. So finally, we come to that night, and let, 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 let's look in our Bibles, Luke chapter 24. Go to Luke 24. So this is all happening on the day of the resurrection, the first day. Of this 40 days. Go to Luke 24 with me, please. Let's look at verse 36. I'm going to help you. You're going to, you're going to relate to these guys. Watch this. So they, they, they finally got together. They'd been scattered. 
They, 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 they didn't know what to do. They're scattered. They, and, and so uh, Peter and John, you know, they said, well, I went to the tomb. It was empty. And the women said, we saw him. He appeared to us. And then these two men that he had appeared to on the road to, to, to Emmaus, they had turned around and come back and were telling the other disciples. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, he had appeared to Peter during this time. So now they're, they're gathered together. It's night. It's this first day of the 40s. It's the day of the resurrection. They're trying to understand what's going on. And, and, and let's read through this beginning in, in verse 36. What happens here? While they were still talking about all these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. <laughs> what's their reaction? Be honest. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Do you know that there are some seasons you're going to walk into? Thank God this was day one and not day 40. How many hear what I'm saying? How many are thankful God's willing to walk into our confusion and our concern? See, Jesus walked right into the middle of it. Aren't you thankful he didn't stand outside the door and say, if anybody's got any faith, I'm coming in there today. Come on. Aren't you glad he didn't stand outside the door and say, I'm not going in there till they get this figured out. I'm thankful that in my season of proving and testing, even when I have questions and I don't understand and it doesn't make sense to me, are you listening? Jesus will walk right in the middle of my confusion and help me figure out what's going on. So, so he, he, they, they were startled, free, frightened, think they saw a ghost. <clears throat> Could it be that... That God may be doing something in your life and you, you didn't even understand it? Right? Could the first look at what's going on, uh, you know, I, I, let's be honest. Again, please don't raise your hand. Um, have, has God ever been trying to do something in your life and you rebuke the devil? <laughs> Come on. Aren't you thankful you didn't get a lightning bolt in that moment? Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Come on, what, what, has there ever been somebody, Pastor, what do you mean? What does that mean God did something and you, and, and, and you, say, you rebuked the devil? Well, what I'm saying is this kind of thing. Uh, what if there's a person in your life that needs to be out of your life? And, and, uh, and, and you, you have a breakup of some kind during this 40 days because God's getting you ready for something better. You can't take all this stuff with you over there. And so this person hurts your feelings and you go home and you I just bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I know that was a devil that broke us up. I know it. And God just going, really? <laughs> Trying to help you out here. Come on, how many understand what I'm saying? You got to hold on during these 40 days. I can't tell you how many people here at Calvary, uh, so a job terminated. And God gave them a better job. You know, this one dried up. You know, the brook dried up. He said, Elijah, you go sit at the brook. I'm going to feed you. And, and the brook dried up. Well, a lot of people stay at the brook and starve to death. Sit there and throw a pity party. Send out bitterness invitations to everybody. Root of bitterness. Come join me and get bitter in my life. No, but what did Elijah do? He said, well, if this season's finished, I'm going to get up and go to the next place, he told me. He said he's got the widow in Zarephath ready to feed me. Don't stop. Make the journey. Keep going. What looks like a ghost may be God. <laughs> What's scaring you may be about to bless you. Stay in this thing. All right. They were startled and frightened thinking they were, he saw a ghost. He said to them, look at this. Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your mind? That's kind of characteristic of a 40-day season. 
You're dealing with some things. You're transitioning. It's not adding up initially, all right? Look at my hands. So what does he do? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. So what did he do? He said, look at the wounds. Look at the scars. Take a second look at me. Listen, I don't... Are you ready? Jesus said, I don't look like the Jesus you knew in the last season. I'm showing you a side of me you've never seen yet. Are you with me? See, that 40 days is where we get new understanding. It's where we begin to see God in a greater way than we've ever been. It's when we not only see him as the God whose hand created the world, we see him as the God whose hand was pierced because he loved me so much. Are you with me? You begin to get a fresh understanding. Let's keep reading. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Let's go down. And then he says, do you have anything to eat? Verse 42, they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Listen to me. The resurrection of Jesus was not just a spiritual resurrection. It was not just his spirit. It, he was physically, bodily resurrected. Or you understand spirits don't eat fish. A, a glorified body. You, are you with me? Verse 44, 44, he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of the prophets. Then he, are you ready? You know what else is going to happen to you in these 40 days? Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. Man, it's a good time. It's a good time. It's transitional. It, 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 it's frightening sometimes. I walk into a question. I'm going to have to use my faith. Is anybody with me right now? I'm going to have to stay on board. But in this process, I'm going to begin to get a new understanding of Jesus. I'm going to see that he loves me more than I ever knew that he loved me. I'm going to realize how personal he is. And I'm going to understand truth I did not understand before. If I run away from my 40-day season, I'm going to miss some of the greatest moments in my life. I'm going to miss a new understanding, a fresh revelation, an insight to Jesus I did not have before. And, and then look at this, verse 46. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Oh, they go, so that's what happened. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be what? Preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are going to be witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city till you've been clothed with power from on high. What he said to them, you're now understanding this whole plan. You didn't know what was happening before these 40 days. It didn't make sense to you. You didn't get the cross. You didn't understand the resurrection. But what I'm going to do in you during this time is not only are you going to understand, you're going to step into your mission. You're going to understand why you're on this earth. You're going to receive power you never had in your life. How many understand 40 days is important to us? So let me hurry. Let's go to John 20. John chapter 20, verse 26. John 20, 26. So the next time we read about him during this 40 days was a week later. And do you remember that Thomas was not with them in that first experience? Let me help you with something. During your time of transition, anybody ever been through some transition? During your time of proving, during your time of growing to the next level, listen to me, don't do it by yourself. There are a lot of people that were in church. Listen to me, this is not a promotion just to come to church. All right, this is a, this is a 
this is insight to help you get to the next place. There are a lot of people that had a church family, that had some connections, that had these, these strengths around them, and they walked off during their 40-day time because they were doubting, because they're upset. Thomas said, I'm not going to, I'm done with you guys. I'm done with the disciples. I'm done with Jesus. I'm out of this thing. He wasn't there in that first appearance, and he missed all that. You miss things. So evidently they said, Thomas, man, you, you missed it. So here we are a week later in John 20, verse 26. Let's, we'll, we'll go through this, this a little uh, more quickly. So what happens? Let's back up. I'm sorry, I said 26. Uh, I, I'm going to back up to verse 24. Now Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. Okay? So let's keep reading. A week later, his disciples were in the, in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, look at the first guy he goes to. Hey, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. What a gracious God. Thomas is over there bragging about doubting. Don't do that. Would you not do? Don't brag about doubting. I'm not going to believe. I don't see it. I'm not going to believe it. Do you know that's, that's become the skepticism of where we are in our world today. Well, you know what Thomas said? I don't care that, all, that you guys saw it. I don't care that the women saw it. I don't care that everybody in the room saw it because I was, wasn't there. It didn't happen as far as I'm concerned. Can I tell you something? I want to help you out. I don't want to hurt your feelings. This world's bigger than you are. <laughs> I, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Do you know the world doesn't rise and fall around you every day? Do you, do you know that Jesus is bigger than George Sawyer? Do you know that he's bigger than my last experience with him? Do you know just because I didn't get what I want doesn't mean that God isn't a good God? You realize just because I'm saying, you know, it's that same crazy thing. We talk about situational ethics today. If no one was in the forest and a tree fell and no one was there to hear it, did it really make a sound? Do you really think that's a good question? Do you not understand the law of physics and gravity and mass and what happens with such? Come on. Be, you're saying because no one heard the tree fall, it didn't make a sound? I'm telling you, you don't know physics. You don't know science. You don't know life. You just know you. You need to get out of you and find something bigger and greater than your tiny little experience of life. Come on, guys. That, that, you know, let's look at this thing. So thank God, at least they talked Thomas into coming. And aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't, he didn't rebuke him. He didn't malign him. He didn't insult him. He said, Thomas, you know, he knew what Thomas had said. He said, hey, come here. Do your thing, Thomas. Touch my hands. Feel my side. What do you think, Thomas? Look at this. He says to this, he says, my Lord and my God. My Lord, aren't you thankful that even while you're eating crow, Jesus will stay around? Come on, tell the truth. Aren't you thankful even when you've made something out of yourself? He said, that's what he said. He said, my Lord and my God. He said, yeah, what have I done? And, And watch this though. Then Jesus told him, now he's talking about you right now. You right now. He said something about you in this verse. Look at this. He said, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who not seen and yet believe. 
I believe. Anybody believe with me? Oh, I haven't touched his hands yet, but I believe. They were pierced for me. I haven't seen his feet, but I believe they were pierced for me. I haven't touched his side, but I know it was torn for me. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. And because you believe, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. So you're going to get through this 40 days. You're going to come out on the other side of this. It's going to be better than when you went into this thing. So it's an amazing and amazing time. Here, let's, I'm going to bring this around to an end. There's one more place to see, but what are we, what are we happening? So this 40 days, it's not always an easy season. All right, there's some shaking going on. Are you with me? There's transition. There's pruning. Why is God pruning me so I can bear more fruit? Why, why am I walking through this? Because God has a better plan for me. He's proving me. He's authenticating me. I'm coming out of this shining like gold. All I lost was what I didn't need. All I let go of was what was holding me back. It's shaking. Sometimes in this 40 days, listen, you're your expectations are crushed. <clears throat> Sometimes your dreams die. Do you know why? Because there were our dreams, not God's dreams. Because they were too small for the great things God had. Pastor, what do you mean? Well, think about these disciples. What were they thinking? Jesus is about to start an earthly kingdom. Remember, they're arguing. Who's going to sit on the right hand? Who gets to sit on the left hand, right? They were thinking about right here and now. Their dreams were about themselves. We're going to be big shot. We're going to be famous. Jesus is going to overthrow Rome. See, their dreams were crushed because God had a bigger dream for them. Their expectations were, 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 were defeated because God had something bigger. Do you understand that sometimes we have to let go of our plans so that God can give us his plans? Sometimes I've got to walk through the 40 days because I came into it confused and small and narrow and selfish. And I have to let go of that and walk out of this thing with a bigger picture, a greater faith, a greater trust of God. It's what this is about. Their fears in this thing. They, he had to tell everybody the first time he saw them, don't be afraid. It's fearful in this season. There are questions in this season. And God is with us even when we don't recognize him in the season. The men going to Emmaus, they didn't even know it was Jesus, but he was there. When he comes into the room to reveal himself, they think it's a ghost. I'm going to tell you, God's with you in this season, even when you don't see him at first. But let's look at this last, this last moment because it's, it's really important. Go to John 21. See, now, two appearances to a group. There were individual appearances. Two to the disciples. But for some reason, <clears throat> even after all that, Jesus had one more step of restoration to do. John 21, look at verse 1 with me. This is what happens in this 40 days. You need to stay on board. Tell somebody stay on board. Tell them right now. Tell them, don't be Thomas. Don't run away. Stay on board. So look at this. Look at John 21. It's amazing to me. Okay. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples during this 40 days by the Sea of Tiberias. That was also called the Sea of Galilee. Tiberias was a Roman city on the Sea of Galilee, and so they sometimes called that Tiberias. So, so he appeared to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. Watch this. It happened this way. Simon Peter, there's Simon Peter, <laughs> ARF boy, Thomas, Called Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons 
of Zebedee, that's James and John, and two other disciples were together. So watch this. There's seven of the remaining 11 disciples, apostles. All right? Why are they there? Verse 3. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told him, and they said, we'll go with you. Why were they there? They're following Peter. Peter was a leader, natural leader. We're going to follow you. Now, remember, he had called them out of that to be fishers of men. And he's still trying to figure out this 40-day thing and where Jesus was and what's coming next and trying to understand this. I don't know that he had turned his back on God. Watch this. But I know this. He went back to what was familiar to him. And sometimes, listen to me, when things shake, when things are rocking and rolling, come on, you understand what I'm talking about? When, when, when it looks like it's not going to get there, your tendency is go back to what's familiar. When God's already brought you out of that. See, that transition, this 40 days, is for me to stop relying on what I was relying on. Stop doing what I was doing. People will try to trap you in this. Now listen, I don't have more faith in anybody. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm just glad I'm on the team. I'm not the biggest faith. I'm just glad I'm on the team. But I remember when I first got saved, and then after a period of time, God called me in the ministry. I knew that he did. I, had to, I, 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 I changed my major. I went to a different college. I walked off from my scholarships. And I, I had a big plan over there. And, and I let go of every bit of that because this is what God told me to do. And I remember people telling me on the front end, well, maybe you better stay over there and get those those degrees. Then you can do some preaching. Well, I wasn't trying to do some preaching. I was already preaching in the prisons. I was already preaching on the street corners. I was already preaching in the nursing home. And I wasn't trying to find a pulpit or a title. I was trying to obey the will of God in my life. And I had people telling me, you better have a backup. You, 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 you don't know. You, you better have a backup. And again, I'm not smarter, greater, more faith, anybody. I'm glad to be on the team. I may be on the third string, but I'm on the team, I'm going to tell you today. I'm on the team. All right? Here's what you've got to understand. There are going to be certain seasons in your life, listen to me, where you've got to let go of your backup plan. Okay? Listen, I, I, didn't, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I'm going to say it because I believe God just dropped it in my spirit. Some of you need to let go of your backup relationship. You're never going to have a 100% marriage while you've got a 20% backup thing over there. You want to have a good marriage, you better let go of your backup plan. Now, that was not from me. That was from God. <laughs> I'm, I, I've got to obey. You understand? This, I, and I'm talking to you right there. Okay? You got it. Now it's up to you. So, here we go. Here's the deal. Here's what I want you to understand. There are going to be times... When the easy instinct is grab the familiar. Do what I can do. 
let me back out of this plan of God because this thing's getting kind of rocky over here right now. I mean, I know he called me, but I got to feed some people. Like his name's not Jehovah Jireh. I, I, I couldn't quiet in the house now. And then I, <laughs> see, see, some people lived their whole life in that 40 day and never got out. It was a transition. Cut the cast off. You can walk now. Turn the crutches back in. You don't need them. Get rid of your backup plan. You serve the living God. Let go of the things that are holding you from the next season in your life. Oh, it's scary and it's frightening and they're questions and you might be by yourself, but the God who's called you is worth you trusting to get me on that other place. And he's so personal and kind. So Peter says, come on, I'm going to go fish. Six more disciples, I'm going to go with you. So verse 3, I'm going out to fish, he said. We'll go with you, they said. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. (laughs) Early in the morning. I got to wrap this up. There's so much I'd like to say. Jesus stood on the shore. Look at this. Again. Again. But the disciples didn't recognize him. Hey, I'm all alone. Jesus forgot about me. I know he called me to be. I'm I'm sorry I'm yelling. Let me try to calm down. I... (laughs) I know he. I know some of you want me to be modern. Sit on a stool. And you see, beloved, there was a great God. But what I think, who is that? I'm telling you. During this 40 days, God will never forsake you. During your transition, he's always there. You may not see him. You may not recognize him, but he's there. And the more we try to do our thing and hold on to what we're trying to be set free from, the harder it will be to see him. So he says, hey, catch anything. No. (laughs) Look at this. Does this sound familiar? Uh, Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. They look at each other, got nothing to lose. Threw the net in. Weren't able to haul the net in because of a large number of fish. Then the disciple Jesus loved, that's John. He won't even use his own name. He says, uh, <clears throat> Peter, that's the Lord. And although Peter didn't get it first, just like at the tomb, <laughs> he wrapped his coat around him and jumped in the water. Me, if I was going to swim, I'd have left the coat in the boat, but that's his thing. All right. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard, dragged the net ashore, full of large fish, 153. I don't know why that number is there. Maybe someday I'll get a revelation. I have no idea now. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, did the same with the fish. This is now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Watch this. What was the most? Was he just wanting breakfast that day? No, 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 no. Listen, John 21 is the link 
from Peter's failure and doubting and abandoning Jesus <laughs> to the last chapter of John. And the next thing you read in your Bible is Acts. And chapter 21 was the link between Peter's failure and the fulfillment of everything God ever called him to do. See, this whole thing was about Peter. Watch this. Verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, So Simon, do you truly love me more than all these? Remember, that's what he said. If all of them forget you, Jesus, count on your boy. Now, it's interesting because they had just eaten at a fire. It says uh, a fire burning coals. You've heard this before. The only other time that phrase was used in the entire New Testament was when Peter was gathered there and Jesus was being questioned at the home of the high priest around a fire burning coals. So what did Jesus do? <laughs> he sets up the exact scenario where Peter had had his worst failure and around this burning fire of coals, exactly where he denied him. He resets the moment. See, that failure in your life, you said, I'm never going to get another shot. You don't know Jesus. So he creates a moment. Now, how many times did Peter deny Christ? Three times. All right. So around the burning coals, where he, where he denied him three times, he says, number one, so Peter, do you love me more than these? He says, Lord, you know I love you. Now, watch this. Here's what Jesus asking. Peter, do you agape me? Which means, do you love me without restrictions, without contradictions, without, do you love me? And Peter couldn't answer him. Jesus said, do you agape me? Peter said, I phileo you. He couldn't respond. He said, I don't love you like that, but I have a natural affinity for you. Number one, he comes back again. So Peter, I'm asking you again. Do you agape me? Lord, I phileo you. He's asking Peter, do you love me like you say you did? Do you have unquestioned, undivided, no conditional love? And Peter two times had to say, no. I just love you like a human love. I don't have that love. Then the third time, remember he denied him three times. He gives him three shots. See, this 40 days is important to us. It's the link from my failure to my fulfillment. So that third one, then he stopped saying agape, and Jesus says, okay, I'll use your terms. Do you phileo me, Peter? Peter said, Lord, you know everything. So what happens here? God goes and tracks his wayward sons and daughters down. Aren't you thankful? At the lowest moment in our life where we're going back to fishing, and our preaching has failed. And we have embarrassment and shame and guilt. And he recreates the moment for us. And he pulls us into his presence. Reminds us who he is. And gives me opportunity to be restored for my denials. Are you with me? And so what happens, we, we, we end that and we might think. And every time he says, Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. You know what he said? You failed, but I still called you. You blew it, but I haven't given up on you. 
you messed it up, but I still have called you into this thing. And so we, we leave him there. We wonder, did, did, it, did it work? Was it restored? Because Peter stumbled. He, 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 he didn't know what to say. But the opportunity became the link for Peter to move from that failure into the fulfillment. And the next time we read about him, he's in the upper room. He's calling and praying. He stands up and preaches the gospel. 3,000 people get saved. John 21 is the restoration link of the 40 days where God will follow you in your failure and track you down in your giving up and not walk away when you walked away and create an opportunity for you to be restored from everything you ever did wrong in your life. He's not the God who wants to get away from us. He's the God who will never leave us alone until he's taken us where we are and put us back where he wants us to be. What a God we serve. I want you to stand with me. Come on, let's stand together this morning. These 40 days are very important. You may not always understand what God is doing, but I would advise you stay on board. Don't grab the familiar. Don't trade what you know God can do because you got some questions. Every great man or woman of God he's ever used has had some questions. Everybody at some time in their life have gone through that. How do I know God is real? How, how do I know the Bible is the word of God? How do I know that God answers prayer? Come on, listen to me, God. Why am I on this planet? Has God forgotten about me? Does God even know where I am? There he is. <laughs> he just didn't recognize him. He just didn't see him. He's reaching, he's following, he's restoring, he's bringing about. And you know, if you'll you'll let him take you through these seasons of proving and testing and transition, listen, if you stop in the middle, that's where people get bitter. Listen to me. That's where God looks mean and bad and awful. See, what if Jesus would have come down off the cross? He could have. They challenged him. Hey, just get off the cross. You're God, prove it. Come down. Could he have done that? Absolutely. So what would the cross represent from then on? Pain, failure, defeat, a God that doesn't make any sense. Or if you stay through it, there's a resurrection. There's insight. The cross is the greatest symbol in this world of grace, goodness, God dying for us. But it's because he stayed there. Do you know in your 40 days, don't walk off from the test. Listen, if you quit the test, you fail every time. Well, pastor, what if I fail the last one? Get up and go at it again. It's a good God. Peter had quite a few failures. But God just kept saying, I'm not giving up on you. I'm going to find you. I, you know, he's not the God that said, okay, you want to go fish? Go fish. Oh, you didn't catch anything? Ha ha. No, he said, hey, look, Peter. All I got to do is tell you one thing, and the fish going to swim in your net. I'm God. I'm not through with you. Feed my sheep. Church, listen to me. Stay on board. Stay on board. We're going to learn some amazing things about 40 days, what God does. Let God promote you to the next place. God doesn't need to prove your faith for him we need to know our we have faith right 
It's for us. It's not for him. It's for us. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.